Local Content Podcast, your go-to source for content creation, strategy, and business inspiration. I'm your host, Mel Daniels, content strategist, coach, and speaker, empowering women across the globe to grow their business with powerful content that connects, nurtures, and converts. So if you're ready to create standout content that gets you noticed and remembered, or build an aligned audience who love you and are ready to buy from you, you're in the right place. I believe that content has the power to connect us all. It's up to you how you use it. Listen in for genuine and insightful chats with guests, as well as practical tools and strategies from me. It's so lovely to have you here. Let's dive into the show. Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 79 of the Powerful Content Podcast. Today, we are talking about a super interesting topic that I know impacts absolutely everyone, and that's limiting beliefs, but from a really unique perspective. And we've got with us today the lovely Jessica Reed. So, Jessica is an alternative therapist, life and wellbeing coach, mom of two, and fizz lover from Canberra. She's also the founder of the holistic healing practice called inspired life collective jessica has a deep understanding of the body mind connection and holds multiple qualifications some to mention include advanced eft practitioner clinical hypnotherapist life coach and holistic counselor now jessica is driven by a compelling calling to guide self-led and impact-driven women desiring that healing growth and elevation to create a profound shift from lives and businesses that are overrun by anxiety, trauma, and stress to a newfound state of being where they can embrace life with unwavering confidence and clarity. Combining her innate inner awareness and intuition with her clinical experience and diverse skill set in alternative therapy, Jessica creates a nurturing environment for deep healing and facilitating transformative growth that flows into all areas of life. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you. I should shorten my bio for you. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, I'm going to have to ask you a question. What the heck? What the heck is fizz? You said you're a fizz lover. (laughs) What is it? I I should just, I was going to say fizz addicted. I didn't think that word was overly appropriate. (laughs) Like fizz are these, so they're made by Arbon. I don't know if you know of them, but they are a wellness company. And fizz are these little energy sachets that you take as a drink. And they have about maybe 50 odd milligrams of natural caffeine in them. And Mm. so I take them as a coffee alternative. They've also got B vitamins and antioxidants and and other things that are great for the body. But for me, I I have history with anxiety. So I am very aware and very conscious of how I manage and look after my nervous system. And I'm also very aware of what triggers anxiety for me. And one of those physical triggers that I had, unfortunately, was my almond latte that... (laughs) It's no coincidence. I went to hospital after a triple shot one day for for an elevated heart rate of one eighty. It's it just wow. it, you know it does it doesn't do nice things to my body. And so I had to find you know I've got young kids and I'm tired and I had to find an alternative. So fizz and it's been years and I absolutely love them. So. 
Amazing. I think I need to to try this out as well. Thanks for sharing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And jittery for me as well. So I don't mm. get that jittery come down on the fizz. So I, yeah, I really like them. Awesome. I'm going to go check it out. Now <laughs> I know, I know Jessica, that your list of achievements and qualifications is much longer than what I've actually mentioned in your bio. You are a woman <laughs> of so many talents and skills, but also experience as well. And this is why I think what you do is so unique. It's the experience that you bring to the table. But I'd really love if you could let my listeners know a little bit about your journey that led you to where you are today, really helping the self-led and impact-driven women in such a unique way. Absolutely. My journey actually started back when, or back when I couldn't really function from anxiety and panic attacks. I, I, I suffered some trauma, you know, we all have things that happen in our life. And for me, it was an accumulation of a lot, a long-term chronic state of living in stress, 10 plus hour a day at my job, which by the way, was normal and normal for everybody who worked there as well. But what happened for me was when I was in this situation with a young child, at some point I was not listening to my body at all because I didn't even know what that meant. And it started to actually make me like get my attention. So I ended up dislocating my knee. I ended up with a blood clot from that pulmonary embolism in my lungs and from there I I ended up with a panic disorder and that had me oh look for years under its control under its grip so this was when my eldest was like 18 months old and she's eight now that I was I was diagnosed with all of this and going through all of these awful medical things And then what happened from there was for years, I just lived in this state of panic disorder because I had, and this is by no means any kind of medical advice, this is only my personal story. I I had personally tried various medications since a car accident in 2009 to try and help, you know, be calm and feel good. I could never handle the side effects. And so for me, we, there was one doctor that put me on this, like six medications. And when I didn't want to try a seventh, he said, I can't help you. I can't help you anymore. And like, so I was really lost and I just started living. Like I just lived like this. I would turn up. I used to run a team of around 40 people. I would turn up to work. I'd run team meetings completely dissociated. My heart rate would be in my throat. I literally just lived in this hypervigilant state for years and years and years. And it got so much worse in my second pregnancy. Um, so Amelia, she's three now, three and a half. And not long after she was born was when we went into the COVID lockdowns in March, 2020. And I was on maternity leave and I was scrolling Instagram and I saw something that said, are you feeling anxious during lockdown? Try this technique. And it was EFT tapping. And I thought, yeah, I'll try anything. Like I, I was already open to holistic approaches. I had learned a little bit about Ayurvedic medicine, you know, food for medicine, those sorts of things. So I was open to it. I just thought, yep, I'll give it a go. And what actually I found was I started getting relief in my body really quickly. And I mean, really quickly. And I rang my mom and I said, you would not believe that I have felt normal. And when I say normal, I just mean like without any of those awful physical anxiety symptoms in my stomach or my chest or my breathing or in my mind, I felt calm and I felt normal for a few hours. And that was huge for me. So I kept going and I started to have relief for days at a time. 
And then I learned more about EFT tapping. I thought, you know what? What a great skill to take back to my leadership role. I'm going to go and I'm going to I'm going to self heal and I'm going to, you know, learn as much as I can. And so I undertook a 12 month practitioner training. It was really really intense. And during that time, I had to do a big 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 self discovery journey. It's, it's essential that you know, when you're going to potentially be qualified to work with other people, you have to, you have to work through your triggers and so that you don't sit in a session with someone trying to hold space and, and be triggered by them. So it's like a big clear out. It was like a big internal clear out of all the, the junk that was ready to come out. But a part of that too, is a requirement to do a minimum of 30 hours pro bono with people. And so what I started to realize during that process was that I was really, really, really pulled to do this work. I have I have a talent for it. It's a gift. It is an absolute gift. And I just couldn't let it go. So I didn't go back to my job. I'm now completely self-employed. And over the next last couple of years, I, I did my advanced EFT training, which also was advanced life coaching. And then I thought I need to go deeper mind, body. It fascinates me and it's so interconnected. And so I have done, I have done certificate in NLP, meditation therapy, holistic human development, which is also holistic counseling, do trauma practicing, clinical hypnotherapy. So that was a big one. That was a big 12 months, which also included some gestalt counseling and more and more. <laughs> so, so much, so many things. I just had this real drive to learn and grow my business. And yeah, I know that's a bit of a probably a longer story than you anticipated, <laughs> but I feel like it's also relevant because it gets me here now knowing exactly what is possible for anybody who decides that they want to heal from trauma, from anxiety, but also if they want to grow as well to achieve whatever they want to achieve in their life. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Jessica. I know that it will resonate with so many people as well. And I just want to pull out one thing that really spoke to me in in that journey, and that was around listening to your body or not, in your case, not listening to your body. (laughs) I think that we do a lot of that. Our body has gives us so many signs that something's not quite right, but we we choose to ignore it. And we will probably touch on, on that a little bit today. But thank you so much for sharing that. That was just absolutely beautiful. Now, today we are talking about limiting beliefs and the impact it can have on your life. So I would just love to start with the question of what is a limiting belief? We've probably <laughs> heard this term a lot, but what, what is it? What, absolutely. What is- so limiting beliefs, so yeah, you probably do. You probably see it all over social media, overcome your limiting beliefs. And I know if I hadn't, if I wasn't in, you know, the particular coaching and healing space that I was, I'd be looking at that going, okay, well, maybe I know what a limiting belief is, but I don't understand why it actually impacts me or why it's important. So it's really important, first of all, to point out with a limiting belief that we all have them. And it's not that we just have one or two of them. And once we've found our limiting belief, we're good to go for the rest of our lives. It really doesn't work like that. It's a continual journey. I'm a very big believer that what comes up and presents itself 
through the body, as we'll talk about a bit more later, what's ready to surface and what you're ready to deal with and to release. And so a limiting belief is a belief that a person holds about themselves and about their abilities and about their circumstances and how they see the world as well. And they're limiting because they restrict personal growth and they restrict progress and they restrict success. And they can also restrict, I guess this falls under personal growth, but your whole worldview, you know, I'm sure you've probably had circumstances where, you know, you're talking to someone and they just won't shift their view at all. They're so stuck on their point of view. And that's purely because they have a belief that is limiting them from being able to see any other perspective. And I'm sure as you listen to this, you'll start to maybe, if you are willing to tap into some self-awareness, and I encourage you to, because it's not confronting, or it might be confronting, but it's not, there's nothing wrong with you. It's not bad. It's actually amazing if you can start to gain some self-awareness on your own limiting beliefs, because they're coming up for a reason as you listen to this, and then everything is absolutely possible for you. So usually these are formed in early childhood. And quite often they're formed as a conclusion or as an assumption that we've come to based on the information or the experience that we've had. And if you think about children, children primarily operating from emotions rather than logic, you know, in early childhood, that logical brain doesn't develop until we're around seven, eight. And so children are really primarily concerned with How do I feel? Am I safe? Am I loved? And if you, let's just say, you know, I think sometimes we think that we have to have had like a trauma experience or something to have formed limiting beliefs in childhood. But from whatever conclusion we draw from the information that we're given, and that could be by watching people, this could be parents, this could be, you know, early childhood educators, church, if you're, you know, if you're in those sorts of environments, if you think about the influences you have as a child, you're just taking in everything, learning how you fit in and how you survive in this environment. So all you care about is how do I survive? So you could, you could go and you could take something, for example, as I don't know, a parent continually coming home from work, stressed and logically now as an adult we would look at that and be like I get that (laughs) I get that and I need a minute I need to breathe you know before I before I play you know for the 5,000th time but that child continually getting that message you know of no not now not now not now and seeing parents stressed and this is just a general example obviously everybody's different but that message when repeated, that child is going to come to a conclusion. And usually that conclusion is quite egocentric. It's about me. And so we're going to then come up with a lot of, I can't statements. I'm not worthy. I I can't achieve this. I don't get as good of grades as my sister does. I am not a sporty person. I am only loved if I am achieving something. I get attention when I act out. I need to stay quiet to be safe you know, whatever it is. And so we then get these, these beliefs that form and they, these beliefs, some of them are conscious. So in that 5% part of our thinking brain that thinks is a hundred percent, that thinks it's a hundred (laughs) percent, but 95% of what happens in our brain is actually subconscious. And these beliefs reside in the subconscious part of our brain, which I'm actually going to dive more into how that resides in our body a bit later, but 
So you can see how you can form these limiting beliefs. And then as we grow older and we have our life experiences, every experience that we have, our brain is looking for associations. And so let's say we have this belief that, I don't know, that money is stressful because perhaps mum and dad fought over money. This is just examples. Perhaps someone, you know, you heard a lot of fighting over money. And so you've grown up to believe that money is really stressful. And then as you first move out of home, you struggle to pay your bills. And yep, there we affirm again, there's more evidence that money is stressful. And then something else happens and then there's more evidence. And so we keep building this evidence that is all coming from these core beliefs and it forms our perception of how we view the world. It's also going to be a very determining factor in whether you are successful in whatever you want to be successful in. And I don't just mean in business, I mean in health, in healing, in thinking, in functioning, in new habits. And people who, who well, my people, when they listen, they'll, they'll hear me say all the time, your conscious mind and your subconscious mind need to be on the same page for you to be able to actually achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. So if I'm consciously saying, I want to, I want to get healthy. I want to, I want to be fit. Or I'm consciously saying, I want to achieve six figure months in my business, but subconsciously I have this core belief that money is stressful. Then every time I start to get close to that six figure month, my subconscious mind is going to win out and bring me straight back. So much gold there, Jessica. Thank you for that amazing explanation. That I love to chat too. So cut me off anytime. <laughs> I'm just going to pick up on something if I can there. And that is that the fact that if you address a limiting belief, then that's not the end of the journey. There's always going to be something that, that pops up. So I think that that's a really good point for people to take away from this episode is that it's a journey really isn't it it's not just a you know oh I've overcome that limiting belief yay well done move on for the rest of my life it's about a continual journey absolutely and you will find that they might get deeper and as you're ready like I said everything will come up when you're ready for it to come up Yep. And I love that as well. So let's just talk about that for a moment. Talk about how it may manifest in our body or how can we actually know that we have a limiting belief that we need to address? Because I think that some people may be able to identify symptoms and might be able to go, oh yes, that's me, but not necessarily understand that root cause. So how could a limiting belief actually show up in our life or our body? Yeah. So first of all, when you think about it showing up in your life, you are probably going to think about, and there's going to be so many ways, so, so many ways, but sort of a little bit like what I said before, how consciously you want to be achieving something, but then something is pulling you back. So you might notice constant patterns of self-sabotage, constant habits, patterns that you have that aren't supporting what you consciously say you want to be doing. So you might notice that there's anxiety that's showing up in your body as well. If you have limiting beliefs around not being enough, for example, or not being worthy of something, we'll say with not being enough. If you have limiting beliefs around not being enough and you are trying to, say, put yourself out there on social media, Every time that you go to do what it is you plan to do and that subconscious belief comes up saying, uh-uh, but I'm not good enough for this, then those thoughts, that thought pattern is going to then have an emotional reaction as well. And so start to pay attention 
to how you're feeling as well as the patterns of behavior that you are seeing. If you find yourself saying, I'm, I don't know, I don't know why something just, I'm just blocked or I'm just stuck or I don't know why every single time I get to this point, I, you know, the glass ceiling, every time I get here, I don't know why I just can't get past this. I just can't, you know, get that next level client. I can't get that, whatever it is, or I'm not attracting the right. I know every VA that I have is the same, you know, I've got a brilliant one, but I'm just giving examples, you know, <laughs> you, you, you're noticing patterns. You're noticing patterns of things that you are attracting into your life and things that you are doing within your life. And then within your body, you're going to notice if you are able to tune into that, you're going to notice physical sensations. So you might notice muscle contractions, early signs of stress, like tension in your jaw or your forehead. And that's coming from these fear-based thoughts that's keeping us stuck in a cycle of fight or flight, basically over the thought of putting our face on Instagram stories. So fascinating. So fascinating, Jessica. And I know that so many of my listeners will be able to identify with this as well. You've just given a perfect example, I feel, Mm -hmm. that, you know, that feeling of not being enough and knowing that you have a limiting belief if things, if you hear yourself saying things like, oh, I feel really stuck or I can't get past or "Why, why can't I get to that next level? Why can't I have... $5,000 months, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. Hearing you say, hearing yourself say those words is a really good indicator as well as the the feelings of of your body as well. And I think that you've given some amazing examples there as well of those muscle contractions, the tension headaches or the tension in your shoulders. They're all amazing signs. So if we do have a little bit of self-awareness and after listening to this episode, we we think to ourselves, oh, yes, I, I can hear myself saying those things or I am feeling these things in my body, what can we do? What can we do to help us move past that limiting belief? Or I don't know what the terminology you use is, whether we accept it or whether we try and overcome it. Yeah. How, how can we address those limiting beliefs? Oh, this is an exciting thing to talk about. Can I circle back really, really quickly though? Because yes. I just wanted to share some things that some really common limiting beliefs that will fuel a lot of stories that people have. Great. So I mentioned I'm not good enough. Think about things around if you hear yourself saying things like, I'm not smart enough, or if you're wrapping your identity in something, I've always been a this, or this is just how I am. There is beliefs under all of that, under any of it. Money is hard to come by. I've never been good enough. I'm just too shy. Life is tough. Like think about the stories. Every belief is going to be coming out as a story. And those stories are what's going to be causing those physical reactions within your body. So I just wanted to go back and just sort of, and even down to health as well. If you have a story that cancer is genetic, so therefore I am going to get whatever this has happened in my family because it's genetic, those stories are going to be keeping you in a in low frequency thoughts. And that's going to have direct impact within your body. So it's just, yeah, being aware every story that you have, get curious, just get really curious. That's the best way to start having that awareness is to just get curious. Is this story serving me? And what could be beneath that story? And beneath that story is the belief. So once we've become aware that maybe we're stuck or we don't know how to move, you know, once we become aware that there's something there, whether you know what the belief is or not, and I will just say, You don't have to know. 
you don't have to to know straight away that like identify the exact belief and the exact root cause of where it's come from but once you know that something is there I want you to know that whatever the belief is no matter how ingrained it is no matter how much it was a survival mechanism for you it can be reprogrammed once you have that awareness and that willingness to do that work as well because it's not instant so neuroplasticity talks about the brain's ability to adapt and you know I'm sure if you've worked with any kind of coach around habit building they've probably talked to you about it taking around about 66 ish days to form a new habit and so with repetition you can consciously interrupt your beliefs and this is something that you guys can do at home I have a really unique process I'm going to share that with you in a minute but consciously you can interrupt your belief once you're aware of it so if you've got that story around money lack money stress for example money stresses me out I don't look at my bills I ignore them completely because money stresses me out I don't want to know how much I'm paying money stresses me out interrupt it And so to interrupt your thought, I would actually recommend clicking next to your ear three times. Just click, 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 because the sound is going to get your brain's attention. Every time you have a thought, you're firing off a neural pathway and that pathway is met with a reaction or or a chemical response from an emotion. So you might've heard the term, what fires together, wires together. Every time you fire off that same thought and you interrupt it, it's not wiring with that same way that same flow on effect that whatever your brain does for you and your stories so interrupt it and then reframe it that's really important to actually reframe the belief and so this is conscious work that you can do in your conscious thinking mind when you are determined to reprogram a belief and that's where your affirmations and things can come in really handy too here's what I find though (laughs) I find, and this is why I have a really unique approach to what I do, a lot of the qualifications that I have and a lot of the way that I like to work with the body is in, well, is is within the body as well as energetics as well. So working with our energy system, our primovascular system. So when there is an emotion that is attached to our story, like for example, let's say your parents are fighting over money and you, you sat in the corner and you listened to them fight over money. And so that is, you've got this belief, but it's also stored emotion. And if you can actually get below that initial story and what you consciously think that belief is, and you can be assisted down to identifying root cause, then what we would actually do, so my approach would actually be, first of all, when we find our belief, we actually start with compassion as well as acceptance. And that's really important because this belief has served a purpose for you at some stage in your life to keep you safe. Even if it doesn't seem like, why would that have served me? It has in some way, shape or form. It's kept you safe from something. It's kept you from having to experience something that you don't want to experience again. And so I always encourage my clients to acknowledge it by saying, thank you. Thank you for keeping me safe because even if it's completely you know, something that's actually holding you back, at some point it served a purpose. So we start with that. And then I actually take them through a process to identify the belief where it's living within their body. So when we talk about the body-mind, we're referring to the 50 to 70 trillion cells that we have that live throughout our body. And we believe that the subconscious mind, these memories are stored in the cells 
within our body. And so you may be experiencing, I don't know, an achy knee that just never goes away until we actually identify that that is attached to this emotional trauma. And so with our beliefs, particularly the ones where we have emotion attached, we don't just want to be consciously reprogramming because our subconscious emotional brain is always going to win out if it doesn't believe that you are safe. And so the next steps, the way that I take it deeper is once we've identified these root causes by finding out where it's living in the body. And you might think I've had clients say, oh, I won't be able to, you know, my, my body. But once, once we get past that conscious mind, we always get there. We always, always get there. <laughs> so whatever stories your brain's telling you about, oh, that would never work for me, I would I would challenge that <laughs> because your subconscious mind is absolutely fascinating. And so once we've been able to identify that in there, we can then go through a process and I will use normally EFT tapping because it's really quick and easy to desensitize emotional attachment. So tapping sends up a calming signal up to the amygdala, which is the part of your brain that controls your fight or flight response. And it's also where we're housing those emotional associations, money, stress, fighting, not safe. And so if we can actually reprogram the way that the brain has processed that memory in terms of safety and in terms of emotion and teach it that we can have that thought, but it's actually safe and that nothing's happening to us, then after we've desensitized it, which again, I do with tapping, but also with hypnotherapy or body psychotherapy techniques, I normally combine a few together. (laughs) But once we've desensitized it, then it's literally all you're left with is just breaking that conscious habit that we spoke about earlier, that conscious firing, because the brain's just want to go, it's going to want to keep firing what it knows. You know, it's going to want to keep recreating because the brain's really lazy it just is like I've already decided that this is a water bottle even though my water bottle and your water bottle look completely different but I'm going to fire off that pathway because I know it's a water bottle so once you've desensitized the emotion it's literally just a story that you're left with it's just a habit that your brain is left with and you can then go and easily and I say easily with conscious work but you can then you because you just don't like with a story and I support my clients to do that normally with with personalized hypnosis or meditations or personalized tappings on whatever their belief is so that they can go and and for a month listen to these audios and really actually truly reprogram these stories. Such beautiful work, Jessica. And I could truly listen to you talk all day about this because I I just am really fascinated by, you know, the way that the brain works and how this manifests in our body as well and what you can do to actually help it. But I just love those steps and I'm just going to reiterate them if I can. Absolutely. Is really showing compassion and acceptance to that limiting belief. So it is saying thank you because it has kept us safe at some point. Finding then where it is in in the body, and obviously with a practitioner to be able to help you to do that. But finding where it's 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 feeling in in your body, going deeper with that, and then using a tool such as EFT tapping. You've given the example of to really desensitize the emotion, and then you can begin to break that habit. So that's just absolutely amazing. Now, I know that you use a whole range of tools to be able to help people, but EFT is just one of those. And I know that you've got an amazing free resource about how to get start with EFT tapping as well. So we can make sure that I put those in the show notes for you as well to go and check out because truly is an amazing way to help you with not only limiting beliefs, but other things going on in your life as well. 
Oh, EFT is a phenomenal stress reduction tool as well because of those properties that we spoke about. It's when we stimulate the acupressure points that we tap on, sends a calming signal up to the amygdala. So it's lowering your stress response really quickly. So whilst you can use it for personal transformation, so, you know, we can tap on the emotions of the limiting beliefs. You can also use it when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you have any kind of emotional challenge. And what I love about it is that it is a self-applied, self-soothing technique. So you can go and you can learn how to tap and you can tap on your own. But then when you feel like you're getting to the bits where your brain's going, uh-uh, I'm not letting myself go any deeper here, which is what we can, we, you can all get ourselves to a certain point. That's when I would then, you know, recommend going off with with a practitioner of some kind, like me or someone else. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be me. You want to gel with your person. So, but yeah, it, I, but EFT is something that I wouldn't, I, I just wanted to point out that you can go and learn it so that you can actually self-soothe as well as use it more in a therapeutic setting too. Fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing. And like I said, I'll pop it down in the show notes if people want to go check it out. Now, like I said, I could talk all day, but we need to wrap this up, Jessica. So I'm all about women owning and using their superpowers in life and business. So what would you say is your superpower? You know, it's so funny. I always used to struggle to answer this question. And then I was at a conference last week where we literally had to go and work out our superpowers. I really believe that I have a superpower in helping people be able to get beneath the surface issue. I feel like I can identify it really quickly. And then I sit and I wait for my clients to identify it for themselves because it's not my job to tell them. But I do feel like that is one of my superpowers. And I do have a superpower too in being able to hold a really safe space for emotional turmoil. So when you feel like you are not emotionally safe, I I really do have the capacity to hold a space that really helps you to safely feel what you need to feel. Because I think that's something we we don't like to feel. We bit well and for so many of us we're taught that, you know, don't cry, don't be angry, you know, all these things. So yeah, we're taught to suppress because a lot of people are uncomfortable with other people's emotions, but, but I, I hold a space for all of, for all of that. So. And that's such an amazing superpower to Jessica, to be able to hold that space for people to feel safe and to be able to do this healing work and take themselves on a journey of self-discovery. So thank you. Thank you for that. Now, do you have any final parting words of wisdom for my listeners? (laughs) I think If you have been listening today and you feel like, okay, maybe this thing that's been keeping me stuck that I keep complaining about could actually mean that I have a belief under there that's not serving me, I would, as Mel mentioned in my steps before, I would start with compassion, self-compassion for that belief and just acceptance. The biggest thing really is to not meet it with resistance. You want to be meeting it with acceptance because once we can accept that we have, that something has happened to us, that we feel a certain way, that something is not within our control, once we can accept something, then we're able to truly let go and heal from it. It loses its power. And so I would then start to look at how is this belief impacting my life? Is it limiting me? Is it holding me back? And consciously, am I ready to get rid of it? Even if your subconscious brain starts thinking, uh-uh, no, no, this doesn't feel good. That's just that whole comfort zone thing. That's just your nervous system taking safety in what it knows. 
And what it knows, unfortunately, is these beliefs that aren't serving you. So repetition, your nervous system will find safety in your new supportive beliefs in your next outside of the comfort zone, in your next level of expansion. But you might just need some support to get there. And if that's the case, then yeah, I would absolutely love love to have the honor of chatting about that. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that, Jessica. And anyone who's listening to this episode today wants to know where they can find out more about Jessica. All of the places where she hangs out is down in the show notes. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Jessica, and sharing your wisdom and experience with my beautiful listeners. I truly appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Mel. Pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for another week. To get more powerful content in your life, make sure you're following along on socials. My handle is at Meld Business. And just in case you're wondering, the groovy music for this podcast was created by Just Here on SoundCloud. I'd also be super grateful if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast so more amazing women like you can experience the power of content. And if you're like, hell Mel, stop talking. I'm ready to work with you now. Here's how we can work some powerful content magic together. Firstly, come and join the content effect. My membership, Inspiring Women with Service-Based Businesses, to ditch the content chaos and start creating standout content that gets you noticed and makes sales. You can join us by using the link in the show notes or just Google the content effect. The second way we can work together is via my one-on-one packages. We can create a sustainable content strategy or start to build out your client journey. It's up to you. Hop on over to meldbusinessservices.com.au forward slash services to find out more. Until next time, have a beautiful week and embrace the power of your content.